Welcome to the Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus McDonald. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I have the one and only Daniel Murray. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to bring you on mainly because of our experience, you know, going, uh, working together. I know you put something on LinkedIn as a LinkedIn post talking about, um, hey, you have slots open, you know, for two weeks straight uh, for people to that want to level up their LinkedIn game. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Why not? I'm totally down for that. I want to do it. Um, I'm already, you know, on LinkedIn, posting consistently, uh, as you know, providing WordPress website development, design, maintenance for my own agency. And I'm always looking for ways to learn and grow. And I've already been liking your content. So I want to give this feedback, right? Because I'm sure people that have you on their pockets are like, give me all these deep insights. Let me ask you all these things. Let me do. (laughs) They're trying to get these golden nuggets, which I will. But I also want to provide you some encouraging feedback because as creators, we don't always get those positive signals as, as times. I've been following you for some time and I love when I think of memes, I think of you, Daniel Murray. I used to think of Gary V. I used to think of screenshots as Gary V and he probably still does, but I think of you more as modern, more active um, in regards to the screenshots with the Twitter and everything. I'm not saying Gary V's old and dated. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it reminds me of that style and you know, kudos to you and like for everything that you're doing, because I love the marketing millennials epic title too. I'm a millennial myself, but there's humor to it. And as a marketer, we're both marketers. I really resonated with a lot of the stuff and it it made, I feel like it, it brought a smile, a good laugh um, when I'm going through a LinkedIn feed. And a lot of that stuff doesn't bring you know, laughter, humor, when I'm looking in through the LinkedIn feed, I think people are stepping up their game and trying to be something what you're, you've created. But then whenever you put that out there, Hey, you know, opportunity to work together, um, for two weeks straight, I was like, sign me up. Like, I felt like I I know you, which is very common for creators to hear from their audience. But I also felt like you're a marketer and you get it. You're practicing what you're preaching. And yeah, I want to see what I can learn from you and maybe I'm missing something. So that's why I wanted to go ahead and bring you on the show more than anything and provide you that positive feedback because it helps us as creators. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's funny because when I started going through my experience, I, it was trial and error. Like I didn't want to, like I didn't set out to be known as the someone who sets screenshots or someone who does memes. But I noticed that that was a gap in the market that hasn't been filled yet, at least on LinkedIn. So I I could be this like most people giving long page text posts or give it, but I think for me, I've come to realize that my LinkedIn approach is more like. I like to call it like Costco sampler approach. Like I'll give you, a, I'll give you a taste of some content. I'll give you something great. And then if you want to subscribe to my newsletter or listen to podcasts, that's when I'll give you more in depth. And that's how I think about social media now, but I think it's different for everybody. And I think 
I think my approach is not like the end all be all approach. I think it just mm-hmm. for, I think, and like anything in marketing, you shouldn't, you shouldn't just copy other people's approaches because it's working for them because you don't know what their goals are. Um, mm. Um, and that's what a lot of people do. And you probably see it with websites as well. People copy right. websites because it's working for someone else. But at the end of the day, you should dissect what's working and then implement what works for your company and what doesn't work for your company. So that was a little bit of a... Yeah. I think the it. thing that the learning lessons that I... Some of it I was already doing, you know, working with you two weeks straight. Um, and I like the whole experience of the text message experience. Um, at first, I was like, what is this, a spam text? Like, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's Daniel Murray. Awesome. Marketing bestie. Here we go. Yes. And we ended up, you helped me to understand what's the goal. And I think as marketers or creators, we can always forget that. Like, what's the goal? Because we're trying to be everything to everyone. And that helped me because that's what I was struggling with. I was talking about websites. I was talking about, you know, my family here. I was talking about, um, I think you even mentioned, Hey, you have a lot of great pictures about your family and everything like that, but let's narrow it down back to marketing. And I'm like, he's so right about this. I'm like, this is so hard, um, to just stay focused and in my lane, but then also figuring out, Hey, who's your ICP. And then figuring out, great, we're going to create content for your ICP. And then narrowing down what's your LinkedIn headline, right? Okay, let's start your headline with a solution first, since, you know, you're a business owner and and you're providing, you know, website services. That was super helpful and refreshing. A lot of it was reassuring, too. um, But stuff like that, where I'm like, wow, these little tweaks and even you looking at my LinkedIn profile and basically doing like an audit was very helpful because a lot of times I can feel like I'm creating content, but I'm like, okay. I can always feel insecure. Am I hitting the right audience? Is my profile off when it comes to conversions? Like maybe I'm leaving some money on the table or is my content just not having the right hooks? And even talking about that, that was also helpful. I remember we were talking about page builder for one of my LinkedIn posts. You're like, send me your post for today. I was like, all right, (laughs) good thing I worked on my post for today or else I would have been like scratching my head. And I did. And I think it was something along the lines of, you know, your page builder should, colon. And you're like, it was something along the lines of like, you didn't say it was boring, but more like, yeah, we need to up that. <laughs> your first line yeah, should be I, very attractive. Whole, I was, I was, my whole thing is like a lot of people when they're doing LinkedIn posts, like they, they're talking like they, the audience understands what like they're thinking. So exactly. Like, so like page builder to you is like not like a simple term like you use it every single day and everything like that but right. to me like even for me like I'm a marketer I know what a page builder is but I don't do it every day so I don't know like the ins and outs I, like something like that would spark my attention first and then go deeper is always a, a way and pe- people just forget that like to simplify it for a more broader audience like I always like to say like this, there's two types of LinkedIn posts out there. There's LinkedIn posts that you're going to give a keynote and that's more broad. And then there's LinkedIn posts that you would give like in a mastermind group, like 
to a small audience. And a lot of people want to grow on LinkedIn and they're like giving mastermind posts all the time, which is good. You'll grow slowly. But if your goal is to grow faster, you have to simplify it for a more broad audience to understand what you're saying. And that's like in a keynote. In a keynote, you have to you have to say things in a more simpler way so a broader audience would understand what you're doing. And that's why I think a lot of people, and also like, I don't know, another thing on the hook part of it is I think a lot of people forget that the first line and the second line of content, or especially the first line, they spend hours working on like the piece, but they don't forget that like, if nobody's going to stop and read it, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and that um, was me. I focused more on the meat of my post. But I, I'm not focusing on that first, second, third line. Yeah, and I think I think that's uh, one of my good friends, Trung. He he's on um, he's on Twitter, but he always says like the when he starts pieces, he thinks of like what the hook first, and then he writes the piece instead of writing the piece and then writing the hook. Because if you figure out what's a good hook and what could grab a user's attention, because it doesn't like a lot of people forget that like the best the once you writing content's only half the battle the second battle is getting the content read um so the w- people forget to market their own content and the way you market your content is one is eyeballs like let's say email the first thing you should be thinking about is like how what's the the subject line right. how can i get this email open before people could read it on an on a website the first thing you should focus on is like what is that your headline text that you're going to put on your website and what is that image you're going to put to attract someone so they read more a lot of people forget about like that they just spend the time on all like this stuff in the middle when like the first goal is to get someone to read that first line if they're not interested they're just going to scroll or leave your page or not open your email so and yeah so that was a mind mindset shift for me because i focus on the meat and i put that meat on google documents and then I would come back and I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much time on the first, second or third line. I'm like, this is genius. Cause I thought about it, <laughs> but I'm not considering the audience in regards to, well, you got to reel them in. Like you gotta maybe throw some stats, maybe throw a question, maybe a bold statement. Um, start from there. So that was super helpful for me. Thank you for that. That was super helpful. Another thing too, that was helpful as a reminder was who are the top influencers, you know, in your niche, you know, B2B marketing, B2B SaaS marketing, and then go into the comment section, who's liking, who's commenting and engage with them, send them a connection request, send them a short message, which is good. Right. And I I mean, I've, I've done that before in the past, but I stopped doing it. The reason why I stopped doing it is, well, LinkedIn is cracking down. I don't want to get into LinkedIn gel. That was my excuse to not do it again. I'm just going to post organically and just let let the followers come to me. If I build it, they'll come type mindset. <laughs> but that was a good reminder, kind of like, wow, I stopped doing that. And that was so helpful because I remember when I started doing that. And you were even one of my guys that I would actually go into the you know LinkedIn comment section and, and I would send people you know, B2B marketers, I would send them a short connection request and saying, hey, I noticed we both follow Daniel Murray. Full transparency. We both follow Daniel Murray. Would love to connect with you here on LinkedIn. Accept instantly. Because we're both following you. You get what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I think the the people forget that like one the reason why that strategy works when you're starting out is because when you start connecting with people who are commenting on other marketers, it means that they're probably going to be interested in a topic that you're talking about, and mm-hmm. they're they're active on LinkedIn and they're liking other people's posts. If you just connect with random people in your in your right. ICP, they might not they not might not be using LinkedIn. They might just be someone who has a LinkedIn profile. So it's better to be connecting with people who are that. And then also like what I used to do at the beginning is I would connect with people and be like, hey, we're both in market. Like, we both marketing. I look forward to seeing your content in my feed. I just want to be able to see it in my feed. So I'm sending you this mm-hmm. um, request. And then I did that. And then your next job once you've done that is just put put out that content consistently right. so they, they they end up seeing it so um that's the part where people forget too is like one is getting people to be a connection and two like every every post that you put out there like at the end of the day like should be relevant to like the audience you're connecting to and be somewhat like Ross Simmons says this. I say this too. Sometimes it's like, like if your post isn't like educate, entertain, inform, inspire, like go back to the drawing board and, and, and make sure it hits one of those because right. emotionally, like that's going to cause emotion. If you, you educate someone, they, they're like, ah, oh, I learned something. If you inspire someone, they, they, they get some sort of emotion like, oh, I'm going to go do something. If it's actionable, they go take action. They doing something off of your content. If your content is just there. And the right. second thing, going back to what you're talking about before is that like when you're writing posts, like your job, like your whole purpose, like if you're writing on LinkedIn is to get an audience to read it it's not to write like a diary um a lot of people like write posts like they think like they're writing they're like oh this is the greatest post in the world like people forget that like they're writing for an audience and even if you think that's the best post in the world but do people actually care about that topic right now in stuff i like to call that content market fit kind of like product market fit but content market fit does that content fit the 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 market which is linkedin right Right. now and a lot of people just say like oh this is a cool post everybody's gonna like it but that's not true if you have not been in that's why i say like go into comments see what people are asking questions about write content on that go look at your comments see what they're asking write content on that because if if someone's asking a question and you see it multiple times they're probably gonna like your post a lot of people just put out like stuff obviously if you're a thought leader and you can put out great stuff but the it's going to work but like Justin Welsh like what he does is he nails down like that first second third line so you get to read it and then he nails down the meat he has a structure for every post it's like a that's true I read his from beginning to end yeah Yeah. he methodically does that so like a lot of he writes good content but he has a structure he knows like the first second third line so important then the meat's so important then is there something at the end to like either cause someone to engage click a CTA do some sort of action like is there something to cause action? And he knows that. And, and he does it in every single post. So it becomes a system after a while. Once you've done it a lot of times, you just have to remember, like, write the first line, then do the right. meet. Then the, so I'll, that's I enough think, of my I, little rant. No, no, no. That's good. I think a lot of it, too, that I learned was the first three lines, like, is super important. I would say 
top. And then consistency is second. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I would say that's the majority of what the LinkedIn, you know, next level is. Um, when it comes to everything else, I felt like it was more like, okay, the engagement, all these other things that are super important too. But I mean, that's the way I saw it. Do you see it that way too? Or do you see it differently? I see, I see it in three different ways. I say like, I know a lot of people blame the algorithm for their content, not working well. And to be honest, the algorithm is your, the algorithm is your audience. So if your content is not performing well, it's probably because your audience doesn't like your content. And like that, it's a bluntly like saying statement. That's probably why. And even if someone's posting a tweet and they're liking it, you should figure out why they're liking the tweet. Like, mm. like LinkedIn is incentivized to push out content that people like. Like, that's what they're incentivized to do to keep people on the back. YouTube is incentivized to push out videos that people will watch. Like, the number right. one thing. That's why I said see more. Like, for example, like the first three lines are so important because it gets someone to spend time on your post. So like the first thing is like, are people clicking through on my post? That's a click through it. How long is someone spending on my post? How are they engaging in my post? Are they sharing my post? Like those are things you got to think about. And then the second thing, like what I think of, like consistency beats anybody in this game because you win the battle of being top of mind and that's what marketing is is like marketing is staying top of mind um so if you're consistent nobody's going to remember your 42nd post or your 83rd post or your 22nd post but they'll remember that you showed up every single day in the feed and that you gave them something special or you gave gave them emotional you helped them in their career or you did something they might not remember every single post but they remember you showed up every single day like you said at the beginning of this, the podcast that you know me for posting memes. The only reason you know me for posting memes is because I do it every single day. Like if I was just right. posted one once every month, you would probably never know I posted memes. So it was a top of mind strategy yeah. that connected me. So whenever you're ready to talk about, hey, you know, I'm doing a program or you know a course where you know I'm helping people. Um, with leveling up their LinkedIn game, I was like, yeah, no brainer, dude. I, like, I've been following you for a while. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. That's the thing that people don't get is like the game. It's all goals. And I think we, I mean, we talked about this earlier, but it's all goals. Like my goal is to get someone to know who I am, enough people to know who I am to then convert them into a podcast or a newsletter reader and get more content. And then eventually like do like hang out with me on text messages or um, eventually like buy, like say if I start a company one day, they'll buy my product or something like that. But my so first true. goal, like, but, but your goal, like some other people's goals are to show that they don't have a middle funnel. So they middle funnel is LinkedIn. So they have to show expertise in their post on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but they needed to, they, and that's why they do in-depth posts. So that's their strategy. Some right. other people's strategy is like, people don't know who the hell I am. So how do I get people to know who I am? I have to do things to grab attention first. Once right. I grab more attention, now I can do more in-depth posts. So like everybody has a different goal. And that's what people forget is like, some people's goals are just to keep you top of mind. Like they're not like, and some people's goals are to be, show you that they're an expert right now. Um, right. And 
and you just have to everybody has different goals and I think like and some people's goals are to get more clients and some people's goals is to get more newsletters some people's goals is to get more speaking engagement some people's goals is just to be known like it's right. everybody has different goals no that's good even funnel are we doing top yeah. of funnel middle bottom those are also good ways to think about it is that the way you think about it whenever you're asking your customers about goals yeah i i think i think about it in a couple ways i think about like one who do you like your career aside your business aside like if i wanted to if you wanted to walk in a room like five years from now like do you want to be known as like the website guy or do you want to be known as like the marketing ops person do you want to know be known as the marketing guy do you want to be known as like the insurance guy who do you want to be known for mm. like and what like what expertise are you bringing to the world so like when opportunity presents themselves in the world like right. they think about you if they think about if they think about who is the best internet per, like website person, they think you. Like they don't think yeah. about it. Like and you're not in the room right now. Someone's networking for you. That's what. Like so, mm. the first thing is like who, what, what do you want to be known for? Second is like, like what is your end goal with LinkedIn? Is it to get more clients? Is it to get more newsletter subscribers? Is it to get more followers? Is it to get more attention? Is it to get speaking gigs? Like what is your your goal on LinkedIn? Because how, what, depending on what your goal is, I would do a different approach to LinkedIn. My goal is to get more attention so people can go listen to my podcast and listen to my newsletter. That's why I do my strategy because it works. It gets attention. Yeah. But if my goal was to like get clients and I didn't have a newsletter and I didn't have a podcast and I didn't have these other channels that I can push people to, I would show in depth things on LinkedIn and then use LinkedIn as a source to funnel thing, just how Chris Walker has done for a long time. Like he uses LinkedIn as his like middle of the funnel to get more clients. Right. Um, um, so like, yeah, the goal is the, the, the important too. And then the last, the last thing is like, like how are you, are you like my last thing I asked people is like, are you really like committed to doing this? Like, are you really oh, like, sure. you're, yeah. do you really like, like creating content or not? Because like for some people, like I, as much as I say, like <clears throat> creating content is a great thing. It's a hard game. And a lot of people don't want to do it. Like it's even like working out, like, like yep. some people want to go like want to lose weight, but they don't want to like work out and eat healthy. Like you got to like set the mindset like, hey, I want to go like mm -hmm. eat in a calorie deficit and then go work out. And like let's say I'm training for a marathon, like you can't just go run the first day and right. run the marathon. You have to have the step by step consistency to do it. And if you're not willing to do that. So that's why I say, like, are you even like passionate about your topic? So I get down to like the inevitable truths that they care about. So, for example, like, I really think that B2B social media sucks. So, like, my content, like, that's why I like doing memes and stuff like that to show, like, you can stand out in B2B even if you yeah. you aren't. So I stick to an, a truth that I care about. And that helps me create content every day because it's something that I can die on a hill and say that I think this is a truth in my industry. If you don't have that backing, it's hard to write content every single day around that. To, to simplify what you're saying is basically... It's the why behind what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say like the first thing is like, is like who you want to be known for, like 
why like what is something that makes you different and that you care about a lot that you could a position that you care about that mm-hmm. people will know you for that position and right. then like what is your like what the like, goal like what are you trying to achieve here yes or yes or no like like are you trying to achieve a more customers are you trying to achieve more attention are you trying to achieve more followers but i do think the problem also in social media is this what people forget is like you can't say like social media is just like when you start social media your first goal is to get more customers Mm -hmm. the reason why is like you have to get that your first goal should be like hey i should need to grow my audience of my icp on this channel first once i grow my audience let me figure out the next goal of of getting customers because if you think your only goal of social media is to to get customers you start doing bad bad behavior and transactional like social yeah, media is be social. yeah exactly so that's why people forget like first goal is to grow followers second goal right. is to like separate the goals and that's why a lot of people b2b companies mess up too because they right. their goal is like we don't do social media because they don't get us leads but the first goal is like how could i like to see if you're successful on social media is do i have an audience do i have a follow and the only way to know you're successful on social media when you're starting is is my follower count growing and is mm. am i getting engagement on my posts yes or no mm. and is the engagement coming from my icp That's the next good. thing you next thing you can figure out after that is like is the icp that i am getting following me are they becoming true fans that they will convert so you're taking attention to intention attention is like you're gaining attention of yourself intention is like are they willing to buy a product are they willing to work with you are you are they willing to come to an event you set up are you are they willing so you take attention and then now you're moving into intention but it takes time to convert attention to intention because that but the intention part is trust and trust comes right. from expertise consistency education showing them that you are are Boom. a thought leader yeah yeah i like the consistency in education because that was also another thing i learned from working with you was i should be posting more about website tips website tutorials like very specific that is helping my audience and that in itself would be like oh this is the guy who's the industry expert this is the guy who knows who he's talking about and just that shift really helped me in the way i think about content creation yeah and i also think like how you frame it too like i think a lot of times like you want to be known as the website person but then you also need to like start framing it into who the buyer is of the website so you you can't only like create like website content because usually like the people who care about website content are the mm-hmm. people who are other website people and that yeah. usually isn't that your buyer a lot so of it's like tailoring it for your icp instead yeah, of so like yeah talking like, about it for a web developer <laughs> yeah exactly it's like so like what i would think about if i was writing i have a website like i would start creating content that's about like let's say if i'm trying to do founders like this is the reason why it's so important to have a great website for your company. This is the reason why like you should invest in websites. Like this is the reason why like having a good pricing page will help you convert more. What do they care about? And you do that not like 
make sure you update your like like convert like your JavaScript to X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah, web web developers will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like for B2B SaaS marketers, which is my ICP, what they care about is how do we increase demo requests for the website? All right, here are four steps to increase demo requests for your website. So it's very specific, and it's exactly what they want to hear about compared to here's how to optimize your website. <laughs> here's how to add SEO keywords or something around the website. Here's how to update your plugins. Like that sounds more technical and more for developers. So that's right yeah, in exactly. line. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a lot of mistakes too, is like a lot of people, like they say, I'm posting great content about like my, my like niche, like, like Our creators think they're posting great content. Yeah, that's, that's true too. Like, <laughs> like they think I'm, I'm posting great content and they're like, I'm not growing my followers. I'm like, you probably are, but your niches are like very small and you have raving fans in that 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 or like you're posting something so specific that only people in that niche will get that nobody else in like the second sphere or the third sphere or someone that might care about it will will care that's why like that's why like i don't really believe in funnels that much because people how people buy are very differently but i do believe that like uh, i do believe that there are people are in different stages of like of of how they know about your product and like to know about websites like some there are some people that need to be informed like websites are actually exists those are some people and then they, there's some people who need to know like why websites are important and then the, right. there's people in the bottom of the funnel that are about to buy that need to know like why like why i need to invest in this for my company yeah, but like a lot of people think about the bottom of the funnel and their content is just meant for like people who actually have the pain right now actually know who what you're talking about actually know it but they don't think about the people who might care about it one day or might have a friend that cares about it or might have a or might sense like sometimes i read posts and be like i'm not a event marketer but i have an event marketer friend and i'm going to send them because i think it's a cool post Mm, about event marketing Um, or even sometimes i'll read it and i'm like i didn't even know i had a problem like that exactly so i got exactly I got to go look at what I'm doing and revisit this. <laughs> it starts yeah. making me like problem aware. Yeah, exactly. And I think the only way to do that is simplify it into like the, the simplest forms, because if you go super technical, you're just talking to that one technical person uh, that mm. you're, you're trying to trying to convey messages to. Like if you do it for a broad audience, there's always a way to take something super technical and make it less technical. And yeah. that just proves that, you know, the, the topic very well. Like if you could you take help something me, you help me with that, too. You're like, so how would you describe a page builder? Yeah. And I'm like, um, geez, even I have to think through this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's what I mean. Cause like, I think like for you, it's comes off so easily, but like when you like dissect it in your head, then you're just like, oh, okay, this is what it does. This is the functions this is what right. I, it actually like. And then you go, then you think about like, oh, what, like, okay, a page builder, what is the benefits of a page builder? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now I know the benefits of a page builder. Now let me put that up front and say, this is the benefits and then say like, Oh, the, like, 
the way to solve this benefit? Oh, yeah, a page builder. A page builder does this, 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 and this, and this. Right. Yeah, I'm working so, on it. I'm getting my wife to, like, proofread it. Be like, hey, is, this, <laughs> is this, like, broken down enough or no? <laughs> that's, a smart way, that's a smart way to do it. Get someone who doesn't know the topic to totally. read over. To read over. That's why, like, a lot of my content, I try make it so simple that, like, someone coming out of college could understand it, marketing, mm. to someone who's, like, a, a VP. But really, I care about people younger. That's why right. I don't really care if someone who's like a VP of marketing says like, Oh, that's too simple. And I'm like, yeah, it's simple to you. Cause you're a VP of marketing. It's not simple to someone who's coming out of the career today and trying to learn. So you might not be my audience. Like mm. it's okay. But like my audience is, is these people who, who might have not known that before or might've, it might've sparked something in their mind to like start learning right. that. Like that's my audience. And how do you get, I mean, other than LinkedIn and seeing what's in the comments and how people are engaging, how do you nail down your audience, you know, what they like, what they like hearing, uh, or is it all just LinkedIn signals that you see? No, it's like podcasts, like having conversations with people. It's mm -hmm. reading replies and emails. It's common questions I get. It's going, it's going on to like popular marketing accounts and seeing what questions they ask. Um, it's going to like the top Google searches and seeing like what are the top people, what are people asking? It's going to Quora. It's going, it's like, and it's also like just listening. I think a lot of people do need to stay back and just be like, what are people talking about? What are, what topics are relevant? People right guess. Now? People guess yeah. a lot. Exactly. And I think that's because I always say this and this is the tip I give, but people are just, you have to consume content to create great content you have to consume great content and what and you have to consume a lot of content because like that's why like a lot of people come mm -hmm. on linkedin they try to do their first post and they don't know why it works but they've never spent time consuming other people's contents that have worked and seen why it works yeah. they just it's they true. just post it's like going into it's like learning going into like going into your like like day one of like Spanish class in high school and you only speak English and then trying to go to like <laughs> Mexico and try to speak with like the locals like they're gonna be like yeah you this is your first time speaking Spanish like right I know that I could tell that's your first because you, you haven't even attempted to like learn our language so why should we like give you the time of day uh, right. to talk and that's the same thing as like social media like if you like learn the platform learn what they're doing learn like like the what tick ticks people what what works what doesn't the format that works what doesn't work what they care about what they don't care about and then like that's the same thing is you deeply learn spanish and you and you you talk to locals and you understand like the slang words they use and they don't use this grammar in this sentence and they use the grammar in this sentence and in mexico they use this and in spain they use this like and you there's a difference and then culturally this words mean this and this and then you go speak they're going to be like oh okay this person took time to like learn our language, learn our culture, learn totally. why it works. And that's the same thing in social media. And people forget like it is a, every platform has a language. Um, right. And what work, what ticks human beings works on a lot of platforms is just how you 
frame it in other platforms is how you you contextualize it on a platform like the words still carry meaning it's just how you express it on the platform and how you package it together totally how are we doing on time i want to be considered i do have other questions but i want to be very I, i'm good i'm good okay so why not use linkedin live um for your podcast interviews um, I actually just started doing LinkedIn virtual series on the Market Millennials page. Oh, really? Yeah, now putting in the part. I haven't used them for all podcasts because I think the it's way easier to do a podcast interview on on Riverside, which we're, yeah. which we're talking right now because you can edit it down. You could take right. it. But I also think there is strength in that, and I've been testing that. You'll see more of it on the Market Millennials page next year. But I did seven events this year, no, five events this year, or six events this year on LinkedIn Live, and I saw some good success on it. And I think, I think the way you interview on a LinkedIn Live is very different than the way you do because you get distractions from the audience. You get, totally. you have to like bring in the audience. So I think there's a time and place for for both. And I think. Half, probably like a quarter of my segments next year are going to be uh, LinkedIn Live, and I think oh, LinkedIn Live awesome. is a great, a great tool. And you can um, use Riverside for that. Um, no, I actually I've been using AirMeet for it, and then I also sometimes use um, Restream for it. Okay, um, I've heard Streamyard is pretty good. Yeah, so I've been it works pretty well. It, I get. Um, I, my thing is like I like the reason why I like LinkedIn Live is not because like LinkedIn is the greatest platform. I just like giving content in different ways people can consume it. And one way, like like one way is like some people like consuming podcasts, but I know right. I'm missing a whole tons of people who don't listen to my podcast, and some people want video and right. live interaction. So I try to give that some of it so now like next year i'm going to do like segments of like and also with pod, linkedin live i think it needs to be like a little more structured than a podcast because podcasts you can kind of rant on and totally talk, talk i feel like it. you need like a third person to like handle the comment section or the chat section. exactly so like it's it's actually and it's a production like it's a, a performance which is different right. than I feel podcast is like more conversational yeah. for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had, but I think LinkedIn Live is a great resource. I think, I think video is a great resource to build like more customer, like more, more not more customers, but more trust with yeah. your audience. Totally. Um, the reason a, why I haven't done LinkedIn Live is because I'm like, is the guest going to come through? <laughs> That's one. <laughs> and then second, I'm like. All right, no technical failures or anything. And then third, the comment section is going to blow up. I, I want to make sure people get you know their questions answered. So you're right; it's a whole structure agenda type thing. Um, it's full production. Yeah, you, you can a guest can't reschedule when you're when you have a like live and you've announced it to like the right. Whole what do you show up solo episode or what? Yeah. Um, so like, it's very like you have to commit to the process. But I think like. 
if you're going to do it, like I'm starting to like test ideas of doing like series based on a topic. Yeah. So like, so like next year I'm going to do like four different series and they go to be about different topics. And then I'm going to bring on guests that are regarding those topics instead of just having like random guests to talk about. I'm going to, I'm going to structure like this. If you want to learn about X topic, you can come to this series. If you want to learn about this topic, you can come to this series and then make it more of like learn. If you want to learn, like let's say if I did a social media series, I'll, I'll bring a LinkedIn expert. I'll bring a Twitter expert. I'll bring a, a TikTok expert. And I'll like, if you're interested in learning more about LinkedIn, you can learn about LinkedIn and then I'll package right. it up and make it podcast for more people to listen to. And then, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, that. So, so I like that. I was, uh, I wrote it down. I didn't know that you were doing LinkedIn live from the marketing millennial. So I'm going to follow that. Yeah, I just started. I have an event on December 14th. Um, but like I'm next year, I'm going to do. I also did a series about content marketing legends. I had like Ross Simmons on. I had Devin Reed on. I had nice. uh, I had Ann Handley on. I had um, Morgan Ingram on. So like I did a series on like just how to create great content. So like mm-hmm. that, that's like an example of a series. But I'm going to start doing like one a one like six or seven part series a quarter once a week i like that um, yeah so I, I was full transparency too like even before this i'm like wait a minute he's on linkedin i'm on linkedin let's go linkedin live but then i i got afraid because i was like i'm not ready for this <laughs> I was like, I'm not ready for LinkedIn Live right now. <laughs> it's actually not as scary as you think it is. It's it, it scared me at first because it's very, it's very like, it's very like broadcasting to a lot of people. But I right. think the, the the thing that changes with LinkedIn Live is if you just think of it still like I still go in the mentality that it's a podcast that I'm talking to the guests. I just right. try to like, I just try to bring in the audience and it's actually easier because I don't see anybody. So like, I just, I'm just oh, looking at my guests. Yeah. I don't see anybody. I just see comments flooding in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I when I, now that I've started doing it a couple of times, I, the first thing I do is I preface that like, Hey, the first like, 30 minutes is going to be chatting with this person and the next 15 minutes is any Q&A so like mm-hmm. if it, we'll answer questions at the end um, so w- when you're ready we'll like yeah. ask questions at the end so yeah that's cool I remember a while back I did a, a LinkedIn poll when polls were very popular and I asked hey if I was to do a live podcast interviews what would it be and it was Zoom LinkedIn and all these other ones and it surprised me that Zoom was number one. I think people, just because of the pandemic, were used to Zoom. Uh, everyone started buying Zoom during the pandemic. Um, but I'm curious to know if that probably has changed yet. Just something from that came to my mind. Another question that I had. But also, also oh, what people ahead. don't get is like you can. I think you you could probably do the same thing as like you have. I I think you can like take a like a restream and do Zoom and do um, LinkedIn Live at the same time. So you can just hit both audiences at the same time if you're going to do like a. So a lot of people forget that. That's like, true. You, you can. There's do, technology out there that can do that. Exactly. Multiple so platforms. Like, yeah, that's how I think about it. It's like that's the only reason why I, I'm starting to do LinkedIn Live because I think also like I'm very big on like repurposing content. So like LinkedIn Live is 
for one audience and then I take that LinkedIn live and make it a podcast that's another audience and then I take the podcast and clip it up into small clips and now we're going to start putting it on TikTok and YouTube shorts and stuff like that that's right. another audience and then you start and then that podcast becomes a newsletter send so now I have a newsletter send mm. um, so it's like it becomes I like, like that. yeah, yeah. You use all it, of it like all of it for like different do you push uh, people to the podcast specifically then Whenever they like, if I see a short snippet on LinkedIn, do you put in the no. comments section? No. Okay. Um, I think people inherently, if you have good content, they will like say, "Oh, I want to hear more of this," and like they'll realize it's a podcast because we're talking, like we're on a mm-hmm. podcast, right. and they'll go look for your podcast. They'll go to your profile, they'll see your podcast, and then go look yeah. for it. I think inherently, like if you have good content, people find things that you're doing. So I think like. That's also a mistake a lot of people make too. Is like nothing, everything doesn't have to be promotional. Like, I think, like, the reason you're doing it, the reason why you're creating content is to create value for your audience. And, like, mm-hmm. like if they find it in like a Costco sampler, you the like short form clips are just like Costco, little Costco samplers to get people to do the next thing yeah. for you. And that's listen to your podcast. And if they hear something interesting and they want to hear more, that's what a full podcast is for. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll know you have a podcast basically. They're smart. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're, you're just, so, so they'll follow you where you, if you have an so, audience, they'll follow you. Yeah. Especially if they're loyal listeners too. So yeah. my other question about was, I know for your LinkedIn content has been text only images, right? Are you going to start incorporating videos from the podcast on there? Uh, that's a great question. Um, video is not like one of those top type of content that works best for LinkedIn. Um, no, I think it does. My, I always tell people that like invest in the, the format that you do best. And what I do best is image and text. And I think like video is not my strongest suit. So I admit that to myself. Gotcha. I think, I think I'll eventually like post podcast clips to LinkedIn, but for me, what's working on LinkedIn is text and imaging because I can get my message across better. Like, mm-hmm. but someone like Morgan Ingram, who's very good at video, like he doubles down on it and he does very like, yeah. Chris Walker, very good at it. And there's some other people that are very good at it. Um, Like, and I, and I totally believe like they should invest in it because they're good in it. Um, But a lot of times, like video is not the right format for that person. Hmm. Um, I see. Text, text is not the best preference. Like Gary V is very good at video and he admits out front that he is bad at text and he's bad at and he has ghost writers to do that for him that's why he has i i hate writing that's why a lot of people don't understand they're like oh your linkedin posts are great i was like yeah but i hate doing it (laughs) i was like i'm getting better at it that's why i do a lot of videos because i can just talk on the spot boom i don't have to think about and write it out and all that yeah but that's why like if you do videos and then you have a good writer take this video right now right and take a segment and write it post for you then you totally. have a, a post that is ready so like that's why it's like it's that one-two punch yeah it's like do what you're best at like everybody forgets like double down on your strengths and let other people do like take your weaknesses on for you my strengths are is i would say is like images and text so yeah. i double down that video is not my strength that's why like when i'm doing my podcast clips it's going to be mostly my guests because my guests are very good at like mm. 
being forward facing. Yeah. Um, and also I just, video is just not my format. So I just don't, I don't like it that much. And I think it's, I might in two yeah, yeah. years think it's my format, but like, I know how to make a clip go off on video because right. I know what makes a great video. I just not that person who wants yeah, yeah. to be on video. So that makes sense. Do you do whatever you're better at? I love it. Exactly. Yeah. I was just curious. Now, a lot of people want engagement, right? This last question and then one more, no, two more questions and now I'm done. So okay. I'll go fast. This last, this second to last, a lot of people want engagement, but what I see on their posts is thoughts, question mark. What do you guys think? Question mark. A lot of times I feel like it's forced, but maybe that's good. Maybe that helps them to get engagement. What are good ways to get people engaged? Maybe you don't ask a question. Maybe people just already know that they're going to engage with the content if the content's that good. Are you engagement? You meaning commenting or engagement? Commenting. Like, okay. Um, I think, I mean, I'm not anti people saying like thoughts and stuff like that. Cause it's just like, it, I think thoughts works. If you have a thought provoking post, then you want to get someone's thoughts. You say thoughts. It's not, if you say like, are cheeseburgers better than like this? That's not that like, it's an easy way to get engagement, but it's like right. kind of engage is cheeseburgers better than, better than regular burgers without right. cheese. Um, like, but like, if you say something thought, I don't think, but I think some ways to do it is like, ask questions that are simple that to that are not hard for people to think about when they like when you're asking a question like if you have something too depth then people it takes them a long time to respond and people don't have that much time on your feed to spend on your post to respond so that's why thoughts i think works and what what would you add works because it's so quick that people could just go like oh my thoughts okay i'll give you my thoughts what would you add okay i'll give you my what you would add i think sometimes it does you don't need that in every post though that's what people don't right. get it's like sometimes you're like your post like should create thought provoking thoughts because it's like or like it's so controversial or it's so inspiring that people just be like oh this is a great post or like this is nice this whole like I, I resonated with this or something something just causes people to do that um, but it I do think like if you like if you do want if you have something that if you genuinely want like I think my whole thing is like if you genuinely want if you're going to put thoughts out there or what would you add like mm -hmm. you have to like be willing to and like respond to those people and that's why I like I, for me like I've I've gotten and I'll admit that I've gotten bad at responding to comments because it just gets overwhelming. I'm trying to not spend so much yeah, on social because yeah. I have a news that are in a podcast. So, but like, that's why I don't want to like say, what would you add too much? Because then it's like, if someone's going to give me two seconds, I got to give them two seconds. And then I feel terrible if I can't give them two seconds. Mm -hmm. So like, like, I think you have sense. to be genuine, genuine when you're asking for someone to give you their thoughts. Um, All right. So that makes sense. Last question. Any tips or advice for B2B marketers on how to level up their LinkedIn game? It can be something we talked about and maybe you want to emphasize. It could be something that maybe you wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Any tip for B2B market? I think make your content everything about your audience and nothing about like what you not not nothing but you care but nothing about like what you think you care about like make it everything that they care about and that's how you will win on social like like i said earlier and mr b said this like the algorithm 
equals audience. Like the reason why things work is because like the reason why things go viral is because the audience cares about that topic. And you might think it's a dumb post or you might think it's not that smart or you might think, but a lot of other people think it's a good post and a lot of other people are getting thought provoking stuff out of it. So if you're doing something, make sure you are actually knowing what your audience cares about. Spend time learning what they care about, spend time asking questions, spend time reading comments, and then you'll figure out what content to create. And there's a lot of content out there to be created. And also another thing that I've learned lately that I've, I learned from someone recently and it kind of hit me a lot uh, is that like, just because it's odd that you, just because you need to be consistent doesn't mean like you should put out another post like if your post doesn't have a good like hook and it doesn't have a good like meat or it doesn't provide value like then it's just like negative signaling in the market that's you're just showing that like like you're turning some people off of you and that's as bad as like positive signaling like i mean positive signaling is good but like negative signaling if you have too much negative signal in the market people just stop following you and tune out that's the same thing as like why niche works is like if you post about your niche and then you start posting about wild other things that's negative signaling to your audience that you're not posting about what they care about and they they tune out so like Mm. You sometimes like posting when you post something, you have to think to yourself, like, is it adding value or is it like just some noise I'm adding to the the, the world? Right. Just for the sake uh, of being consistent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Well, hey, Daniel, I appreciate your time and uh, always good talking to you. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for having me. And this has been fun. And next time you need to do LinkedIn Live. Let's do it. LinkedIn Live. I want to see it and your post in my feed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll see December 14th, I have LinkedIn Live. So you can see that I'm I'm doing it, even though I'm kind of uncomfortable with LinkedIn Lives, but I'm still going to go out there. Hey, I know there's a lot of value from it. I know I heard it from Chris Walker and from a lot of other people that it just... It's like 10x your trust uh, and people get to see your character, your personality, everything like that. So I think yeah, you're going and, in the right direction to be real with you and your expertise. Like, I think also like what I've known from what I've seen firsthand is like um, when you're on video, people recognize you more in public, like like they totally. recognize your face. <laughs> like when you're not like for me, like. It's funny because me and Morgan Ingram went to a conference once and a lot of people were coming up to him and saying, oh, I know you. And that's because he does video. And they looked at me and they're like, oh, Mark and Millennials. Oh, that's who you are. Because I don't go on video. So that's like the benefit of videos. Like people know like sometimes that I'm, I'm doing this, but they just don't. Like they don't recognize me because I'm not on video as much as like yeah, yeah. video actually works very well. It's good. Yeah. Because sometimes I would even get the people that will look at my LinkedIn content. They'll go book a discovery call since we're a small business. Guess who they're talking to? Me. So then when we get on there, they're like, oh, dude, I just saw your video on LinkedIn. That's why I reached out. So it's crazy because now they're like in a discovery call with me. And then even on AMAs, they're like, hey, do you wear the same black shirt all the time? Because that's my attire, you know? They're like, I was like, no, I wash it. I washed my shirts. It's hilarious. That's <laughs> super hilarious. But yeah, it's me. Base, you know, dad hat and black t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's okay. It's okay to show like Familiarize. Yeah, it's okay. But like, yeah, for me, like, I think... 
Yeah, that's why, like, LinkedIn Lives have been good for me. But I also think that, like, sometimes I don't like being recognized in public. So it's, like, good for me to, like, kind of be. That's why I started the Market Millennials a little bit. So I can kind of be behind the scenes doing fun yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. for Marketer. But some people love it. So that's why video is a great medium for them. Awesome. And now are you still doing uh, that program? I call it a program. I forget what it is, but the two-week uh, Yeah, sprint. I'm actually do, I'm doing it this month. Um, I actually just got like a new texting platform because before it was just like hard to text um, people on there because it was not on my phone. I had to go on my computer to text everybody. Now I have like a, a whole thing to that I can actually like have a conversation with people. So like you got to insert that. You got to insert that. Yeah. Um, if you want to go to marketingbesties.com, that's where it is. It's my, it's actually testing. It's actually an MVP product. So you just know it's an MVP. I want to eventually do like a coaching product where I get, bring on a lot of other marketers to like, yeah, be able to text other people like if you want to learn content marketing you can text text us but yeah so it's just it's kind of like a a test run for me and but i know linkedin so like it's a good like way to like use my audience to test it but it's a it's been fun it's fun to text people and see what they're learning and see what they trust and text is like way more personal it's more effective on getting a response back. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. for sure. <laughs> I'm, yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn DMs and emails are hard for me now. It's just so like, hard. There's too many emails out there, and it's not because like I don't check my emails it's because like there's so many of them that it's like just hard to get to so many emails. Um, and that usually a lot of ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the most spam emails. They're not like people yeah. that I need to actually know. So. Oh, I have a question for you. Sorry. Last one. <laughs> now that I think about it, you, you're really good at repurposing content. Everything that I have is in a Google document. Like, is there any other way to do it? Or do you have your own like platform on how to repurpose content? Um, no, I think, I think like what the best way to repurpose content is put it out in the world, see what works, take with right. the winners and repurpose the winners. Like that's the best way to repurpose content. Um, yeah. Like that's the, the problem. A lot of people make with even this, the, the Twitter screenshot problem people do, they take screenshots and they like, why? Oh, it's not working for me. It's because the screenshot, the only screenshots I ever post on Twitter of my screenshots are ones that have been proven to work on Twitter. Like I don't right. post. It makes every sense. If it's ex- you're experimenting. If it's succeeding, move it on exactly so like I only it's like ads like you only re- repeat your winners until they stop working boom that's good yeah so yeah I mean I would I never, never do an ad without testing yeah and I repeat my winners like I'll post the same post 20 times in a year and people will still always get the same amount of engagement the same amount of comments and people will forget I posted it um, like and that's what people don't get like I will post the same thing 20 times and also like uh, people forget that like as new people join your audience they didn't hear that message so like sometimes your message is for the new people who came into your audience to remind them that's what you care about so like repur- like you don't that have to come sense. up with new, new pieces of content all the time like sometimes it's just to like show your audience that you care about that topic again and again and again yeah uh, so well, hey man you're awesome this is great and we're definitely going to do a linkedin live i don't know when but we're going to definitely do one <laughs> well once you get started let me know um and we can go on for sure man all right well you have a great day Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mastering B2B Marketing Podcast. 
If you've been getting value from this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts in the review section. It will mean a lot to me. And lastly, make it a great day. Thank you.